0: what's going on people it's your boy kalachi you back with another episode of the Ramblin' mind podcast how are each and every single one of y'all doing today I hope y'all are staying safe, I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves, I hope y'all are still wearing your mask, still washing your hands, still staying, well not really staying away from people, but still taking all the precautions you know you ought to be taking, because this Delta variant is something serious. I mean, we just doubled the number of cases here in the United States of America because of the Delta variant that is spreading very, 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 very rapidly. So if you haven't taken the Uh, what's it called the vaccine maybe think about taking the vaccine i don't know i'm not gonna tell you to do it you know what's best for you you know everybody's different just make your own decisions but still if you can't take the vaccine maybe take the vaccine not just to protect yourself but also to protect the people around you as well so if you have the ability to take the vaccine, please go take that thing, because I really don't want to go back into another lockdown mode, I really don't want to go back into another situation where we're having more problems and we're staying home all the time and all this other stuff, I don't don't want that anymore like please, please, we don't want to be reading news about people dying all every single day, even though people are still dying from this coronavirus thing, because it's still around in case everybody forgot, this thing is definitely still around, people are still suffering from this thing, so please, take all your precautions please, keep using your hand sanitizers I know we've gotten used to the idea of oh, it's time for us to start living it up again. No, up, please, just you know, if you haven't gotten the vaccine, maybe you know, get the vaccine. We're almost at 50% of the United States people that have gotten fully vaccinated. So please, guys, 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 just you know, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, take precautions, and all of that good stuff. But anyway, let's get right into the show for today. We got a whole lot of news to cover. I mean, we got to talk about the fact that. Uh, what's his name that went to space? Branson, the other billionaire that I always seem to forget his name. Like, I'm always like, yeah, there's Jeff Bezos, there's Elon Musk, and then there's that other guy. I don't even, like Branson, I don't even remember. But Branson, you know, he went to space and he came back safely. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And we'll talk about what that means in the grand scheme of things. We'll also talk about how demographics and uh generally how Uh, demographics play a role into how people perform at work and overall how being diversified and being a diversified company or what is Is having diversity in your company? I mix diversified diversification with investing and diversity with people all the time. But anyway, having diversity in your company, how that plays a role into how things work out for your company, revenue, all that good stuff. And we got a whole bunch of other stuff and the fact that, uh, you know, we got to talk about sports a little bit because your boy, is a sports fan. So we got to talk about that as well. But we start this off with the biggest news of the day. And that was the CPI report that said that inflation, oh my God, inflation is at a 13 year high. We haven't seen inflation this high since 2008. And everybody started freaking out because they saw this graph and they were like, oh my gosh, inflation is back to the same level it was in 2008 at 5.4%. But as we all know, headlines are just there to capture your attention. They don't actually tell you all the details because when we start looking into the details, we start to understand that, you know what, maybe, maybe Jerome Powell might be right, that this inflation might just be transitory. And the main two factors that have played a role into why we are at the levels that we are seeing with inflation. Remember, inflation is supposed to be targeted at about 2% every single year. But we also have to remember that inflation is also a year-over-year comparison. At least the CPI inflation number is a year-over-year comparison. And so when we compare it to where we were last year in June, we're still kind of locked up. You know, we're singing Akon's locked up, don't let me out. Won't let me out, I'm locked up. Anyway, but, you know, we're all still at home. We're all still taking all the massive precautions to make sure that we we're spreading the virus and all that good stuff. So prices of a lot of stuff kind of cratered a major, major bit. Like, well, not a major bit. They cratered a huge ton uh, last year. So now that everybody is starting to rush outside and do all the things that they've wanted to do for so long because they've been stuck at home, they've wanted to travel. We have a lot of dollars in our pockets. So everybody is just going up and all over the thing. And we'll talk a little bit more about the dollars in the pockets part as well. Because, guess what? It's that time of the season again. It's earnings season, so you know your boy can't sleep anymore because he has to listen to earnings calls and all that good stuff because he has to be a good investor. Oh, man. I really need to get rid of... Anyway, we'll talk about that in another podcast. But, so... That's playing a key role in inflation. So when we look at the big number of 5.4, that 5.4% that is plastered on every single headline everywhere, we have to dig into the details because as they say, the devil lies in the details. That's where we really get the full picture of what is going on. And the first two things that we can see that is driving off inflation numbers is rental cars and rental trucks. Rental car and rental trucks prices have gone up 87% percent year over year because you have to remember last year nobody was traveling so much so that many rental car companies started selling off their fleets they were just selling their cars i mean as a matter of fact hertz filed for bankruptcy last year remember that we talked about it on the podcast a lot of these rental car companies thought that things were going to be a lot more a lot worse and in order to cover their overhead they started selling a lot of their cars so now they're buying all those cars back and they're charging people a whole lot more because guess what higher demand lower supply guess what happens Prices go, you know it, up to the sky. And that's what, what's going on with rental cars and rental. Uh, trucks. The same thing because of rental cars and rental trucks, they're having to go out and buy a lot more used vehicles because as we all know, right now, new vehicles are stuck because of the global chip supply shortage that we have right now, which means that they're buying up all the used vehicles and driving those prices up as well because a rental company can just show up and be like, yo, I'll buy your car for $5,000 over asking. I just need it as fast as possible. I need it as soon as possible so I can rent it out to somebody else so I can keep making money, which means that used cars and trucks have increased so much so they're almost at 50% year over year. Used cars are up 45% in price year over year. Now, I'm regretting not still having my Honda Civic, man. Like, for real, that's like the greatest inflation hedge right now. Just have an old vehicle that you want to sell. Because <laughs> it's no longer a depreciation, depreciating asset to have a used vehicle. You can literally sell your used car right now for more than you paid for it. Because people are really, really trying to buy cars a lot right now. So... And But at the same time, we're starting to see that it's hitting the max where people are like, you know what, this is getting out of hand. I'm just going to chill. If I don't need a car, by all means, I'm just going to wait. So that's another thing. The next thing that's driving up prices is gas prices. Last year, remember, gas was in negative. So now gas is coming back with a fury because one, OPEC and OPEC Plus, we talked about it last week, where they're just like, yeah, we're not going to come up with an agreement. We're not going to supply any more gas. Last year, we took a massive hit. So, you know, we got to make some of those profits back in one way or another. And so gas prices are up 45% from last year, which is when you then think about it. Last year, I was paying like less like a dollar per gallon and this year i'm paying about what is it now three dollars per gallon so yeah it has shot up a good bit however that's due to the fact that we went through the pandemic gas prices cratered i mean they went negative last year and so we're seeing a lot of those airfare is another thing that's playing uh, uh geez i can't talk airfare is another thing that's paying a big, playing a big role in the fact that we're seeing inflation prices because guess what when everybody wants a plane ticket guess what air uh airlines can do they can jack up prices they can increase prices to be like oh you really want this ticket guess what you're gonna pay for it and so that's also happening as well when we start looking at things like milk milk is up about 5.6 percent year over year new cars are not really moving that much because apparently we have sticker shock so new car prices are about the same level that they were last year but and rent the final one that a lot of these other ones that actually will hit our most of our pockets which is things like rent milk food those haven't seen too much of a fluctuation in price. So when you eliminate the bigger sticker items, when you eliminate the big stuff, inflation is not that bad overall. But at the same time, this is why Jerome Powell keeps saying that inflation is transitory, transitory, transitory. But at the same time, my question is, what does he mean by transitory? Does it mean that transitory and the fact that prices are going to come back to earth? I see that happening with rental car prices and used car truck prices. Because when people stop traveling like they're traveling right now, rents are going to be like, all right, let's bring this rental car prices back down. Used cars are not going to be flying off the shelf like that anymore. And they're going to have to come back to earth. Especially when people start comparing prices between new and used cars, when chips are available again. And people are like, Why am I going to pay $50,000 for a 2019 truck when I can buy a new truck for $50,000? That doesn't make any sense. I'm not buying that. And all those will start to stabilize. But the question that I have is like for other things, which we're saying strengthflation, we've talked about it on the podcast before, where toilet paper is a little bit smaller uh, you have a little less in your package. Uh Popcorn bags that you buy has a little bit more air. Your chips that you buy has just a little bit more air. And you're paying the same price for less of the amount. Are we going to see that revert? No, I don't see that reverting any time at all. I think these companies are just going to take it as, oh, this is now the profit that we're going to be making from here on out. Moving on from there, let's talk about our Presidente. El President Biden. As, you know, Nigerians, we like to call him. President Bidemi, Olua Joseph (laughs) Bidemi. I haven't called him that in a minute. So Olua Joseph Bidemi is trying to be the antitruster in chief. My guy says, I am not playing with you guys no more. I am not playing these games of you guys being monopolies. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Apple. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Google. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Amazon. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Facebook. All you guys that are monopolies, I'm coming for you. I am coming and I'm doing everything that i can even though i can't really do much of anything but i'm still doing something to make sure that i can break up these companies on friday on friday president biden signed various executive orders and really showed us teddy roosevelt wasn't the only president who liked business competition the executive order contained 72 different orders mostly he is focused on four industries technology airlines agriculture and railroads Here are some parts of that executive order. One, charting a path for states and tribes to safely import drugs from China and urging the FTC to ban arrangements in which name brand drugs makers pay generic companies to stay out of the market. Another one, another part of it is allowing hearing aids to be sold over the counter and cutting down on costs Americans pay to get them from specialists. Forcing airlines to refund fees. When baggage is delayed or when in-flight Wi-Fi doesn't work. That would be really cool because I've been on a lot of flights recently where, you know, I'm in there. They're like, oh, sorry about this, but our Wi-Fi doesn't work. And it's like, but I pay for this nonsense. But, you know, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Banning Internet service providers from charging high early termination fees which can run upwards of $200 so you know when you sign a contract with like AT&T or any of these companies and they're like oh you want to break this contract you got to pay up to break this contract so they're trying to bar that and then barring non-compete clauses in employment contract that make it harder for workers to change jobs here's some other ones that I found when I was reading some other um Some other documents, right to repair. Ban cell phone and agriculture manufacturers from dictating who can repair mobile devices and farmer's equipment. Think of Apple. Apple has this whole thing where they're like, in order for you to be able to fix an Apple device, you must be an Apple certified specialist or something like that. And you can't just fix it with any part. It has to be a part directly from Apple. So that's basically like trying to change that up to where it's like, no, 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 no. Let people be able to change the things that they want to change within their phone. The next one is... The White House wants to limit employers' ability to stop their employees from going to rivals, which Biden says would increase Walker Mobility and wages. Another one that he added in there is he asked regulators like the FTC and FCC to, to not only block mergers, but also unwind mergers that have already happened in other words he's looking at companies like i said looking at companies like apple facebook and he's saying yo go back or mainly facebook in this one whereas like go back and see if we can unwind instagram from facebook whatsapp from facebook or youtube from google or any of these companies that have basically bought their way to become a monopoly by making sure that nobody can compete against them which is a big thing in tech in tech one of the biggest plays that a lot of companies do is when they see any small company that can possibly pose a threat They're basically just either going to try and kill the company or acquire the company, which is, guess what, monopolistic. And that's one thing that he's trying to fight against. Biden said the White House goal is to lower prices, to increase wages and to take another critical step towards an economy that works for everyone. Biden said the White House goal is to lower prices, to increase wages and to take another critical step towards an economy that works for everybody. Now, none of these orders actually have any real power of their own, but it does give us an idea of the direction that Biden wants things to go. But the even more important thing is it sets the tone of our narrative. And as I like to say, stories are one of the most powerful forces in the universe. If you can tell people stories, people will be able to. Understand your ideas and move along with it. It's the way that we as human beings relate to other people. It's the way that we as human beings can adjust our lifestyle and change our lifestyle. If people tell us stories, we change ourselves to capitulate to a degree to those stories. And Biden finished off by saying, let me be very clear. Capitalism without competition is not capitalism. It's exploitation, which is antithetical. I can't even say that word very well. Antithetical? to what one of the largest venture capitalists in the game said, Peter Till, who says that, and he's extremely worshipped in Silicon Valley about how he just goes about investing and building businesses. He says, competition is for losers and capitalism and competition are opposites because it limits the fortunes that can be built. So these are the two main sides that are fighting against each other. On one side, you have the government who's like, yo, we need competition. On the other side, you have businesses, large businesses, venture capitalists, and all these kind of things that say, no, 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 no. Competition is whatever. Like, why would I want to compete when I can just dominate the space and build as much wealth as possible? So here's my take on the whole capitalism versus not capitalism versus whatever. Here are my thoughts. I usually like to say, or I've learned how to say, it's usually not either or, it's usually both. It's usually not either or, it's usually both and. I like the fact that we can build a massive fortune. I'm not going to lie. I'm a massive capitalist, I love the idea of capitalism. I love the fact that you can build major wealth in a capitalist society because there is no cap. There is no limit. You can keep doing well and well and well throughout your lifetime. You can just, capitalism is, like I like to say, capitalism is the worst of all systems. I mean, it's the worst system except for all the rest. In other words, it's the best thing that we have right now. However, historically, capitalism has led to some of the worst things that we've seen in history. I mean, if we look at just, 400 years ago, we, not even 400 years ago, less than that, we had slavery in the United States. What was the reason that they wanted slavery? Why, why? Because labor, cheaper labor, like capitalism is, will always find the easiest source of anything and exploit it to the uptint degree. That's the idea of capitalism. Capitalism is how much possible can I get return on my invested capital? How much money can I make on the back end? If I can eliminate a bunch of things, I can make as much money as possible. Capitalism takes any inch that you give it and exploits it into more than 10,000 miles. They try to go as far as possible to anything, which is why I say that even though I love capitalism, I also see the shortcomings of capitalism, which is one thing that I hate whenever people talk about it. People just put it on one side or the other. It's not that. It's usually both things. And this is where I say, don't hate the player, don't hate the game, but definitely call on the refs to make the right calls, right? Like when you're playing soccer... I don't, I don't get mad at a player for fouling me. He's supposed to foul me. I'm looking at the refs to make that call to make sure that he this is a free kick because he fouled me. So I can't hit the game. I can't hit the player. If I'm playing so well that the player has to come foul me, then it's fine. But the ref has to make that call, right? So you can't hit the player or the game. You have to look to the refs, which in this case is the government. We forget a lot of times that there are three players in any game. We have the players themselves we have the game, and then we have three factors in any game, my bad. We have the players themselves, we have the game itself, and then we have the refs. And usually the refs are supposed to be invisible until they have to make a call. Guess what? You're not supposed to like the refs. You're not supposed to like the government. The government is supposed to be a party pooper because they're supposed to get into involved in the game when things are not going the way that they're supposed to be going. So this is my standpoint on this whole thing. My standpoint is pretty simple. Capitalism, I love capitalism. However, we need the government to step in whenever capitalism goes too far. That's just the way it is. Every time we've seen monopolies in all of history, it's always been an abuse of power. There's never been a time in history where we've had we've had a monopoly and everything was just hooker dandy. Everything was just nice. No, every single time we have a monopoly, somebody was exploiting the fact that they had a monopoly to make sure that they can make as much pro- uh, profit as possible. Which is why, like I like to say. Capitalism is the is the worst system of them all except for all the rest. Why? It's only it's the best system that we have currently, but it doesn't mean that we can't improve upon it. But that's just my two cents. I know I kind of rambled there for a little bit, but that's just my two cents as far as capitalism and the whole argument between do you want to be a true capitalist or do you want to be a socialist? I'm like it's neither it's neither one of those it's neither one of those it's definitely like there's an in-between that we choose not to see because we're a benefit and which is one of the things whenever we benefit from something it's hard for us to see the other side of that thing because we're like yo i'm making all of this why would i want to let this thing go like he said capitalism and competition don't shouldn't go together right but anyway moving on from there It's that time of the year again. I said it at the beginning of this podcast. It's earnings season, which means that, you know, I got a bunch of earnings that I got to go listen to and an earnings call to understand what's going on with some of the companies that I'm investing in. But this week is all about the banks. And even if you don't invest in bank stocks, it's also important to just pay attention to what's going on in the banking sector because banks, they track everything like they track how you spend your money so they can give us insights to what's going on in the economy as a whole. They can give us insights before we get any of the information from the Fed or from anybody else. It gives us an idea of how people are spending their money, if they're spending their money, if people are going into debt, if people are coming out of debt, if people are taking on more loans, if people are taking on less loans, all those kind of things. It gives us an insight into it. And JP Morgan CEO, Jamie Dimon, which JP Morgan is the largest bank in the United States, so a lot of money flows through there. uh, Jamie Dimon said, Their their house values are up, their stock value is up, their incomes are up, their savings are up, their confidence and up. When speaking about consumer confidence and speaking about people spending, in other words, people are spending, 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 and spending. The back the bank reported that its debit and credit cards was up forty-five percent from the year prior and up twenty-two percent from twenty nineteen. JP Morgan said, outstanding credit card balances were lower. I like to hear that people are paying off their credit card debts and mortgage prepayments were up. In other words, people are actively trying to pay off their mortgages as quickly as possible. It said that deposits still are at an all-time high of $1 trillion. In other words, people still, even though people are spending money traveling, doing all this stuff, people still have money sitting in the bank. Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon followed up with obviously if there was some sort of disruption or an economic slowdown sometime in the future, that would wear on confidence and sh- and slow and slow things. That- but that doesn't seem to be likely right now. In other words, people spending that money. And unless we have to lock down again because of this Delta variant, things are moving in the right direction. Which is why I don't understand why freaking. Jerome Powell keeps saying, nah, nah, nah. We're not tapering just yet. We're not tapering just yet. I'm like, please, Jerome, please. We're in a good place. I need you to start, just just start backing off. Instead of doing like $120 billion in uh bond repurchases that you're doing, just do like $80 billion. Maybe like maybe just do $100 billion, then cut it down to like $80 and 60. You know, just just pull back just a little bit, Jerome. Just just a little bit. Just just pull back just a little bit. You know, yeah. Just just, just tiny bit, cause, you know, I don't, I, I like the way things are going right now, and I don't really want y'all to overdo it, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying, and speaking of getting ready to spend all your money, Apple is like, you know what, since y'all want to spend some money, We're going to make it super easy for y'all to spend more money. You know, like Apple, he's like, we like ease of use. We like to make your life a lot easier, especially when it comes to the ways that you can give us more money. We're going to make your life a lot easier, all right? So check this out. This is what Apple's doing. Apple is working on introducing a buy now, pay later feature. As the name implies, it's where you're going to buy an item and then pay for it over time. Kind of like you swipe your credit card and then you pay for it over time. Except for this one, you pay for it through different services. We've talked about in the past. With software services like Affirm, Afterpay, Klarna, and those kind of software. But Apple is like, yo, you know what? Let's just take a big foot into this. Let's just, let's just try this thing out with our partner Goldman Sachs that I just talked about a second ago. They're like, you know what? Let's just try this. And with just the announcement that Apple might be doing this, like this is not even like a for sure thing yet, but just with the announcement and alone, the stock for Affirm fell 13%. 13% 13% just with the announcement at all. Oh, and I like to call this the Amazon, the Apple uh effect on the markets. This is what Biden is talking about when he says a monopolistic power. Any market that Apple or Amazon or Google or Facebook or any one of these companies are like, you know what? We want to go into that area of the thing. They have so much money that they can just go into it and do well in it. And so whenever they make any kind of announcement like this, you just see a massive plunge in stock prices for any of the potential competitors, even, those, even though those competitors already have everything built out. I mean, when Amazon announced Amazon Pharmacy, the stock for CVS, the stock for Walgreens plunged when they announced Amazon Pharmacy. Why? Because of the ways that Amazon knows how to just infiltrate into your life and be like, yo, Alexa order me my pharmacy things, and Alex will just be like, oh, the, your prescription is what you mean, right? And you'll be like, yes, and then boom, it just comes to your door the next day. So with that understanding, a lot of people fear whenever any of these companies just decide, you know what, we just, we kind of want to dibble and dabble in that a little bit, so it gets really, uh, really, really confusing, and really, really, not confusing, it gets really, really serious, which is why a lot of people are calling for the breakup for a lot of these big tech companies. Do I think that they need to be broken up? I don't know yet. I'm still trying to decide if they need to be broken up or not, because then again, they, they have a lot of power. But over time, they've gained that power by working on their own. Now, a study by BoardReady, which is a nonprofit that seeks to catapult board diversification through data experience and network strategies, found the following when studying companies over the last year. The first thing they found is if your board had 30 percent or more women you had your, your revenues grew 54% year over year. If you had less than 20% boardroom seats held by women, your revenue grew only 45% a year. Companies with over 30% of board seats held by women outperformed their less gender diverse counterparts in 11 out of the 15 sectors in the S&P 500s. Companies whose median director age was 55 or less, had a 10% revenue growth during the pandemic. But when your board director median age was over the age of 65, you had a loss of seven of almost 8% during the pandemic. Companies whose directors had 30 year age span. In other words, if you, if your directorship was anywhere from like 30 years old to 60 years old or 40 years old to 70 years old within that 30 year gap of age room, you had, you saw your revenues grow almost 5% every other group age group or every other older age group saw revenues actually decline 54% you saw a 54% year-over-year revenue growth for companies with at least 30% of their board seats held by non-white directors all order cohorts saw their revenues decline so what is this saying it's saying yo y'all need to add a little bit of diversity to your to your companies. Like, for real, for real, like, this is not even, like, the first study that has been done about this. This is over and over. We keep seeing the same tones of, like, when your company is more diverse, it makes people think differently, which means that your company can continue to evolve. Because guess what? Men think differently from women. Black people tend to think differently from white folks. I'm Nigerian. I'm going to think differently than most people because of the different experiences And the different ways that we go about solving problems, we can, which can help companies to go to a new level, which can help companies reach higher heights. It's something that is well-documented. This is not the first research that has been done about this. This is not the first study that has been done about this. It is a well-known fact that the more diversity that you can have in your company, not to say that you go higher and higher numbers and you just place people just to place them, but the fact is people think differently. And when you have different ideas in a room, it can help solve problems and help you get actually make more money. Not just diversity for diversity sake, but it actually drives money in the pocket. So hopefully more studies like this will be done. And as we're moving into more of a age where people are paying more attention to these things, hopefully we'll continue to see it change, moving into the future. Now, finally, let's go into the extras. You know, all the extra stuff. First of all, over the weekend, I went one for two for my championship picks. Remember last week we talked about Argentina versus Brazil. I picked Brazil. Argentina won, and Messi finally finally won a championship for his country, so that's good news on that side of things. On the other side, I picked Italy to beat England. It was a really good game. Actually, all the games this weekend or last weekend was really good. I picked Italy to beat uh, England and they did, but it was a tough, tough game. It was really interesting to watch. The only thing that came, I came out of that and was really upset with is the fact that people were actually racially, racially abusing players like Sterling and not sterling my bad marcus rashford Jaden sancho and saka like what is wrong with y'all what literally what is wrong with people like if you're any one of these people that was sending all these mean tweets and all these kind of stuff to people because they missed a freaking penalty like they missed a penalty get over it yourself it's not life and death fools like it's just oh man people just really really annoy me but anyway Next one, we talked about Richard Branson at the beginning of this thing. He had a successful liftoff to space, and he came back safely, and, you know, it was wonderful. And they already have over 600 customers who have paid $200,000 to hitch a ride of a lifetime to space. Next up, we're going to have Jeff Bezos, who will be landing or sitting in his Blue Origin spaceship, which that thing looks questionable. Just go on google and search blue origin spaceship and you 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 find some funny things out of it if you're like four like me (laughs) but hopefully everything goes off well i think that launch is going to be on the 20th so we'll see and we'll be watching and i hope everything goes off well on that launch as well finally big box office movies are back big box office movies are back for real for real over the weekend. Black Widow made 80 billion or oh, I said billion my bad 80 million dollars at the box office which is the largest box office release since uh, in the post pandemic era. It also brought in another 79 million dollars from theaters overseas, showing that people still want to go to the mu- to the movies. However, here's a quick crazy stat. Total box office for the weekend was 218 million dollars. 27% of it was just Disney movies by itself. Another caveat to add to this whole thing is through the Disney Plus premiere service, they brought in another $60 million for the movie. In other words, we back to a 100 million box office movie weekends, baby, as I predicted would happen because guess what? It's Marvel. Everybody likes to watch Marvel movies. So much so that my friend called me. I was like, yo, have you seen Black Widow? And I was like, nah. He was like, you need to watch it. It's pretty good. So maybe I end up going to the theaters. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. I don't know yet. But you know, but it is interesting to show that as much as people are going to the theaters, people are still willing to stay home and watch this movie at home as well. We have another weekend to look forward to with blockbusters like Space Jam 2 coming out this weekend. Let's see if the trend continues. Remember, this movie will also be on HBO Max. Unlike Disney where you have to pay $30, it's just going to be free if you already have a HBO Max subscription so i expect that the number in box office will be lower because people are just going to be like oh yeah let me check out space jam and turn it on while they are at home so i don't expect it to be anywhere close to the 80 million dollar number that disney brought out over the weekend finally one another another example of why i keep saying there's too much damn money in the system there's too much money people got too much money man a super mario kart 64 gaming cartridge from 1996 sold for 1.56 million dollars. My mom said that video games are useless. Man, shoot. 1.56 million dollars? Dog. There's so much money in the system. So much money to be made. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. Just a quick recap of everything that we talked about. One inflation looks scary but that's just the headline numbers when you start digging into it it doesn't seem that bad at least not to me somebody else can convince me otherwise maybe and i may be able to listen to you Two, biden is trying to play the antitruster in chief he's looking at all these large corporations and he's like we need more competition to which a lot of really large venture capitalists are like nah cap- uh capitalism and competition don't mix So we talked about that a little bit. Then we went from there to earnings and big banks, which is showing us that people want to spend, spend, spend that money that they made during the coronavirus period where they couldn't really go anywhere or do anything with the money that they made and people still have a whole lot of money saved up from last year. Then we finished up with the fact that Disney wants to be in your pocket a little bit more and get you to spend just a bit more money a lot easier. Then we talked about diversity in boardroom and how that leads to the success of your business. Then we finished up with some extras, with some sports stock, with some space stock, and with Marvel dominating the movie scene once again. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all in this episode. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, please share this podcast with one person that you love, one person that you hate, and one person that you just kind of like, eh, I'm about. And by that time, you'd have shared it with every single person that you know. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. Thank y'all for listening. I'm going to catch y'all up in the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed god bless each and every single one of y'all and y'all boy is out of here even though he messed out the outro bye peace